Hey, my name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm a certified life coach and motivational speaker, and I'm here to help you unlock your true strength so you can create the life of your dreams. I teach you my best tips to master your mindset, create confidence, and empower yourself to take back your life. It's your time. This is the Mind and Body Strong Podcast. Welcome back to the Mind and Body Strong podcast, my friends. I have a super special guest here with me today. I have my friend Morgan, who is actually a part of the anti-diet health coach camp that I'm a part of, and that's how we got to know each other. But she has a really awesome story, and it involves intuitive eating. But what I think is so cool is she really focuses on helping women heal their gut and balance their hormones, so without dieting, which I think is something that a lot of women are curious about. So welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks, Katie. Ah, I'm super excited and pumped to be here. I can't wait to talk. Me too. We were just chatting before this, before we hit record and we just like so much energy, so many things to be shared throughout this conversation. And we've had a couple of conversations before this that I think are just going to really bring light to, to this conversation here today. So as always, I want you to just tell my, my audience a little bit about you and we'll just kind of go from there on this whole conversation. Let's do it. Okay, sounds good. So kind of like yourself, I am also a certified personal trainer and a certified health coach. And I specialize in intuitive eating and loving the program we're in together with anti-diet health coach camp. I have a really huge passion, like you said, for helping women just really heal their digestion and balance their hormones and just honestly feel good in their bodies without these crazy diets or militant exercise programs that so many of us tend to turn to and think that we need to have. And I myself overcame a lot of painful issues, um, including endometriosis, PCOS, SIBO, leaky gut. And I'm sure we'll dive into some of those and what I did with intuitive eating to heal and also talk about how I use doctors throughout that process. But outside of doctors, I, I used intuitive eating and alternative medicine and a lot of mindset work and movement to heal. And now I just love helping other women learn how to do the same thing. Yeah. I love that because I think so many people have this idea of intuitive eating and what it is. And I think, especially as you had mentioned with like endometriosis, how do you say that? (laughs) Endometriosis. Endometriosis. And then PCOS, which I know is something that a lot of women can relate to that PCOS part of it. And I think from a lens of nutrition, so many times they're taught to restrict foods, right? Mm -hmm. So how were you able to kind of approach that from the intuitive eating lens? Yeah. So honestly, it's kind of a longer story, but I, in general, I had to learn that I needed to stop trying to control my body and more tune into what it was asking me. And Mm -hmm. So many of us, when we feel bad, I think we've been trained to think, well, we feel bad, so we must be eating something bad. And that's where our attention tends to go first. But I guess there's a couple things here, like health is way more than just food and exercise. It's not this two piece puzzle. And so many of us, I don't know if we've heard the quote, you know, health is 80% food and 20% exercise. And it's really not like it's so much more. So I had to ground myself with that and really look at other areas but also learn to trust that my body was, was okay. And that I could trust what it was telling me and not be so like trying to control it and just kind of go with it. If that makes sense and listen to what it had to say. Yeah. I think that control piece is something that I know I struggled with a lot. I was like, if I don't have a meal plan telling me exactly what to eat or a workout program telling me exactly what I need to do, 
I felt so lost. It felt very scary to step into that space where now I had to build this communication between my body that seemed to have been shut off for so many years. Do you feel like that was like a similar experience to what you had? Yeah, for sure. And I had to learn how to open myself up. And what's funny is I thought I was already opened up enough and I was doing that, but I I learned through my journey that no, there, there was definitely more work I could do there and certainly found my way in doing that. Yeah. And I know right before we hit record, you had talked about kind of two pieces that you always bring up. There's like two spaces that women are kind of in that bring them to dieting and like kind of walking through that process. So can you take me through that again? Yeah. I always say that there's, I think there's two main reasons women diet. If you think of any others, definitely let me know. But at least from what I've seen so far, with women, they either choose to diet to one, manipulate their bodies. So meaning they want to lose weight, they want to look a certain way, they want a six pack, whatever it might be. It's just manipulation in terms of our physical appearance. The second one is they just want to feel better. And that could mean digestively or hormone health, whatever it is They're They want to feel good in their body, but they don't know any other way to other than turning to diets or controlling their food, like we said. So I guess for this conversation to try to keep it more like pointed so your listeners get the most out of it, hopefully we can spend more time in that second one because, you know, I, I certainly probably like yourself was in that category one at some point in college more so, but in my late twenties, that's when a lot of health issues started coming up for me. Like we said, endometriosis and PCOS and all that. Um, And I really struggled with that category number two. And I learned how to actually break free from that through my experience. Yeah, no, I've definitely experienced that number one, especially like right after college. I think that was where I was really driven and I became like a health coach and a trainer. I was like, oh, I have to look a certain way and I have to lose weight and all of that stuff. But you're so right in the fact that a lot of people, they do just want to feel better. Like that's the main driving factor. I want to feel better. And they're not really sure what avenue to get there. And all the information out there in the world is telling them, oh, well, you just diet. Like it's easy. Like you just work out and you control what you eat. And like, boom, you have, you have, you know, it's like a formula that you like run yourself through. Right. But human beings are just not like this factory system, right. It's, it's so much more complex, which I'm sure that you have realized and have helped your clients through as well. So what avenues do you kind of feel like at least for you that you were able to take in order to find this feel better place without the restrictive mentality of diets? Or did you start there and then move into intuitive eating or how did that work for you? Yeah. So I guess maybe the the best place to start for me was back in April, 2019. I know you just said like this point of being a health coach and you feel like you have to have it all together and all these things that come with that. Right. So I had just gotten my health coaching certification and I had opened my, my health coaching practice in late 2018. Um, and I remember taking my birth control out of my purse and just staring at it for a minute. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm a holistic health coach. Yet I'm putting these hormones in my body and I have zero idea what they're doing. Right. And then I just started envisioning like, well, if I want to be this, you know, advocate of teaching women how to live holistically and naturally and healing their bodies, then I want to do that too. And not take things that, you know, segregate me from, from myself, essentially, I want to feel like my natural body, if that makes sense to you. 
And I didn't ask my doctor. I just called them and said, Hey, I decided I'm not taking this anymore. So mark it on your calendar today. I stopped taking birth control for 10, it was 10 years. I was on this and I had this idea that like, Oh, it was going to be this freeing experience. And I'm just going to be running around like in a white dress, like through this cornfield, like all happy. (laughs) You seen those commercials? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so like, right, that's the expectation I have of like, oh, how a woman's supposed to feel like in her natural body. And I was kind of disappointed a few months later when I just started having a, a ton of problems. I was having extreme, extreme bloating. And I talked to you about this before, but it wasn't just like the typical bloating. I, I couldn't button my pants. Mm-hmm. And I would remember being embarrassed at work. Like I'd have to wear sweaters in the middle of summer just because I, I, wanted to hide the fact that I couldn't button my pants up some afternoons. I was having really irregular periods, fatigued, a lot of digestive upset. And I just, I looked pregnant. Honestly, I had some people even making comments and I'd go to doctors and and ask what was going on. And I, I can't tell you how many pregnancy tests I had done. And they just kept sending me specialists to specialists, but nothing was wrong with me as far as they could tell. And I looked perfectly fine on my blood work. And they just said, okay, well, if we think you have IBS and, and that's the, that's the case. And I need to go on this like lifelong laxative regimen and sorry, like you're going to need to go back on the pill and all of this stuff and change your diet. It's just a lot of overwhelming things being thrown at me. And I don't know if any of your listeners can, can relate to that, but I remember just feeling like it was a time in my life where I was so ashamed and felt guilty. And like, I was this health coach and here I am you know, also at the time I was eating plant-based and I thought I'm doing all the right things. Like I'm exercising, I'm eating healthier the way I'm supposed to be on this, like the best diet out there is plant-based and I'm supposed to feel great. And yet I'm just not. And there was just so much frustration and shame in that. And this was honestly really the, the first point in my intuitive journey, I'll call it that I can remember where I was so fed up with what doctors were saying and I didn't want to go on the pill and I was resistant to being on laxatives and I won't name names, but I went to a close friend and I was, you know, saying like how upset I was at this and I didn't want to do it. And they were like, you just need to listen more. Like you need to listen to doctors more. Mm. And like I said, that, that was that first lesson for me in intuitiveness, because I was like, you know what? It's not that I'm not listening. I am listening. My body is telling me something different. It's telling me that like, this is not the solution. And I need to, to keep pushing and find like what works for me. And I'm not discounting doctors or anything here. So I don't want that to get taken away from this. There definitely is like true value in doctors. They were actually part of how I healed and I'm not discounting education and science that they have, but if you feel like something is wrong with you, then it probably is. And honestly, what I learned is I could talk to a doctor with 30 degrees and still know more about my own body than he knows about my body. If that makes sense. Yes. And I think so many times we are looking to those experts to be the experts of us. And so much of this work, like you had said, like just want to honor the fact that you had the courage to keep going and trusting that your body had this message in that all the feedback you were receiving from these professionals was not, not the answer. And you just kept searching and searching and searching because you knew that there was something going on that wasn't right. And that you were willing to do as whatever it took essentially to get that need met. 
And like you said, like there is so much value in getting treatment from professionals like that, but you are the only expert in your body. Just like every listener listening to this right now, you have the autonomy over your own own body. Like you are the only person with authority there. And that's, that's so, so courageous. Because I think so many people would just feel that overwhelm and feel that those, that guilt and that feeling ashamed and all those things and just feel crippled by all of that and not really know what to do from there. So from that point, then what was the next step? Yeah. And just to like reiterate a point you just said, if this is the first thing I tell women who are going through anything remotely close to this is trust yourself. Cause so many times you feel crazy or like if someone doctor's telling you nothing's wrong with you, right. I'm getting all these blood tests back saying I'm perfectly healthy. And they're like, yeah, it might be in your head. Like maybe you're stressed too much. Maybe you just have a lot of anxiety. I'm like, no, like I feel like something's wrong. So trust yourself. And that's just like lesson number one in intuitive eating. Right. Yes. So skipping to the good part, we, I found out I had endometriosis and, you know, prior to that, I actually was told by a doctor, ah, oh, if you have endometriosis, you know, it's probably really mild, like nothing to worry about. You're probably going to be like, it's not going to make that much of a difference if we did go in. And for those who don't know about endometriosis, it's where your uterine tissue grows outside of your uterus. And the only way to tell if you have this is to go in for laparoscopic surgery and which is like a, they go through your belly button and like two other holes usually and use like these instruments, just look around and they can take it right out then and there if they see it in there. But that was a really scary thing to go through because you don't know if you have it and you're going through this procedure and you you don't know what you're going to wake up to. So I remember sitting there with my husband, just like so terrified and it was such a catch 22 because I, I didn't want it, but I also wanted something like to wake up to some answer and know that like, I'm not crazy. Yes. So anyway, I woke up, I found out I actually had stage four endometriosis, which is the worst stage. There's four stages to it. I basically had, you know, a lot in a little or a little bit in a lot of places and a lot in one particular place, which was, they found it on my bowel, my bladder, my abdominal cavity, obviously like my uterus area. And they had to remove all of that. They, so they remove all the tissue around your organs. And my doctor, I have to say, like, I, I absolutely loved him. He was one of the first doctors that actually like took the time to really listen to me and didn't make me feel crazy. So again, if you have a doctor that's not making you feel heard, please like go find that doctor that does make you feel heard. There's plenty of doctors out there that will listen. And he did something for me that I ask my clients to do all the time, which is balance having a plan, but also trusting your body. So he was able to give me that healing plan, but also take into account what I was feeling and, and modify it based on, you know, what I needed at the time. So that's the surgery part, which solved like 75% of my issue, but I still had a little bit of healing to do after that. So I don't know if you, anything I need to elaborate on, or if that made sense to you. No, absolutely. And that's like the ultimate trust, like in yourself to really, and I can totally relate also to that mindset of like, I don't want it to be this bad thing, but also like, I just want a name to this problem that's going on so that I can have some solutions, you know, like it does kind of get to this place in your mind where you just want something to come out to tell you what to do next, because then you, you can stop searching in all these different places. So I'm sure that while it was still a super frightening, you know, time with all these different things going on, at least you had a direction. Yes. 
And like having the patience leading up to that, I think was the real true test and challenge and, and helped me develop more of that like gentleness and compassion for myself, trusting that, you know, every symptom is a powerful call for healing. And it's just kind of catapulting me further into finding out what's wrong. So I really do think if I had woken up and I didn't have endometriosis, I would have kept pushing and like trying to listen even further to what was going on. Yeah. I like to ground women again, I'll say every symptom is a powerful cry from your body for healing because your body really has one job and that's to heal. I love that. I actually went like went and wrote that down because that was so powerful. It's so true. Our bodies are carrying all these little messages and like giving us these little like nudges, so to speak of like, whether it comes out in the form of pain or whatever it might be. A lot of times it is that pain and trying to give us that gentle reminder of like, Hey, please pay attention to me. There's something going on. I'm trying to get you this message. And maybe your mind is like blocking it. And so many times we blame our bodies for those things, think there's something wrong with us because of these like symptoms or whatever else is going on, not in the the medical field, but at least when I was dieting and feeling restricted, I remember feeling like so many intense cravings and feeling like something was wrong with my body because I couldn't stay on this plan. But in reality, it was my body saying, Hey, um, I would like some more fuel, please. Like trying to keep you alive. Yeah. <laughs> friends. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And so many of us like just turn off those signals because we think we know best, right? Like we think our mind knows better than our body does. And you had said, I think it's like at war with your body. I hear sometimes Mm -hmm. like women use that phrase of, I just, I felt like my body wasn't listening to me and like, it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. And we have to realize like sometimes our bodies are smarter than us and like really truly know what we need. We like to think we know what we need. But if we just listen and then like almost befriend our body instead of feeling like against it. So we unite and treat our body like a best friend and say, Hey, like, how are you doing? And is there anything I can do to just make you feel better right now in this moment? Yeah. I love that. That term befriend. It's like this conversation that you're now having between your body. And I almost kind of picture it as like, you know, like you're talking to like a small child almost. It's like, Hey, what do you need? Like, what's going on? That's what's really going on. Instead of like immediately going to that, like, why aren't you doing what I told you to do? And like that yelling phase that I think a lot of us do in our head, just because we've been socialized to think that we need to push past all of those things. But like you said, like our bodies have so much wisdom. And if we can just take the time to slow down, slow those thoughts, and actually feel into what those messages are like so much can come through in those moments. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's like just realizing that we don't have to be as hard on ourselves as we tend to be. Like we tend to be so much easier on other people and friends than we do ourselves, which is kind of silly when you stop and think about it. Yeah. To that point, I'm reading the new intuitive eating book, the fourth edition. Yes. Highly recommend to anyone who's listening. If you don't have the fourth edition already, they've kind of updated a lot of the language, but to your point of like being kind to yourself, one of the first things in the introduction says, ironically, we seem to have more respect for our cars than ourselves. If we took your, if you took your car to an auto mechanic or regular tune-ups and after time, the money spent on the car didn't work, you wouldn't blame yourself. <laughs> You'd be like, you know, but then we like keep going back to all of these systems to try and like 
fix ourselves and we blame ourselves for it not working. Yeah, honestly, that's, that's a great segue into like the diet realm, right? So prior to surgery, I, I had tried diets because that's what people were recommending. And I just trusted doctors, right? And I tried this low FODMAP approach. I tried no sugar. I obviously was plant-based, but then I tried like adding maybe some more like protein in like salmon or fish. And honestly, none of it really made like that huge of a difference. And some of it actually made me feel worse. And I remember the exact moment when I like realized what I was doing and how silly it was. I was standing in my kitchen and I told my mom, I had this broccoli and I was doing the low FODMAP diet at the time and I couldn't eat broccoli. That was one of the things. So I remember feeling really sad that they were making this for dinner. And I'm like, I can't have this. And I'm so sad because it makes me feel so good. And I love broccoli. And then I like kind of stopped and paused. I'm like, what, what did I just say? Like, it makes me feel good, but I'm not allowing myself to eat it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And just that, that saying it out loud just sounded so ridiculous. And I'm like, I have to understand intuitive eating now. And that's actually when I started finding Julie before my surgery and listening to her and understanding more about intuitive eating which I think really prepared me for after surgery when I started having to really go through like a lot of healing and trying to feel better because there was a lot of damage done internally with endo Mm -hmm. and some of the the SIBO that I was diagnosed with and ended up developing leaky gut because of that. So we can dive into that too. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that are contributing factors to healing. And I think that's like what we're kind of segueing into now is like, you know, And I think it's so funny that you were able to have that awareness to, to catch yourself in saying that like, oh, wait, I'm not allowing to eat my, eat broccoli, even though it makes me feel good. (laughs) And you're like, oh, wait, that sounds ridiculous. (laughs) But so often we do that though, right? Because we are trying to follow these strict plans because someone else told us it's supposed to work, but really you're the only person who gets to make those choices. And it's totally normal to have preferences and to drift towards things that make you feel good. But when you're restricting something simply because a plan told you it would make you better and not actually listening to what your body has to say, it just really, I think you miss out on a lot of information and a lot of, you know, connection that you could have with your body. Yeah. And I think some perfectionism plays into that. Sometimes mm-hmm. I notice with women where it's like, well, if I'm not going to do it hundred percent, then why even do it at all? Right. I remember oh. having those thoughts and I'm yes. like, well, I got to do low FODMAP, like to the T otherwise oh, like, if I have yep. any high FODMAPs. I'm just ruining everything. <laughs> right. We like pigeonhole ourselves into this like perfect plan essentially setting ourselves up for reasons to beat the crap out of ourselves because we know that we can't stick to this rigid plan. Like we can't continue to do that to ourselves. It's so crazy. Like we have to go to that, that kindness that you had brought up earlier about having like the plan, but also having like this just trust with yourself that that plan's not always going to go as you planned. (laughs) And you can always just kind of redirect your intention based on where you feel like you're at when you check in with yourself. Yeah. And you said like balance, like having that plan, that's, that's what I found really helped me on the tail end of, of my journey with, with healing my body. So after surgery, I did feel like I needed some guidance. And I I do notice a lot of women kind of are in that same space sometimes where they feel Mm -hmm. like they, they want to feel better, but they're not quite sure like where to start or 
how to get going or like where they, where should they direct their attention to? Yes. So one thing that really helped me and I, I did work with a naturopath after surgery, she wanted me to try uh, the blood type diet. So I don't know if you've heard of that, but if I had not had my intuitive eating background, I probably would have just used it as a diet. But the good news is I was able to kind of couple what she was telling me. I was able to take in like her advice and her experience and like the benefits she was pitching, but say, okay, like I'm going to choose to look at this, not as a diet. I'm not going to be strict with myself. I'm going to experiment and use this kind of as a starting place for me, because she's saying like these foods work for most people with my blood type. Mm-hmm. So let's experiment. But at the end of the day, there were two things I had to keep reminding myself. I am allowed to eat any and all foods. And I am not a bad person. If I eat something on this like bad list, right. Or this naughty right. list or yeah. the limit list, I think it was called limit. And also like I am the authority on me. So if I decide that something on this limit list feels good in my body, like broccoli, I'm going to eat broccoli. Cause I'm not going to I'm not going to deny myself that just for the sake of following this diet, right? Sure. Yeah. I think that's so powerful because you're able to give yourself the space to, again, like this word authority keeps coming back up to give yourself that space to take that power back instead of beating yourself up for not following these strict, rigid plans that were never really meant to be for everyone anyways. Like it's supposed to be this experimental process where we just observe and we just step back and we don't make it mean anything about ourselves, which we are just so good at doing as human beings. We love making meanings out of things and just allowing ourselves to experiment and like kind of almost make it like this fun game almost. It's kind of almost what it sounds like to me, like you made it like this fun little experiment of like, what's going to make me feel best. <laughs> yeah. And, and getting actually, it made my relationship with food that much more fun and enjoyable because mm-hmm. I, I actually learned with my naturopath that in my dieting days, I did two things that were pretty harmful. So this is why diets suck. <laughs> we'll just go over this point. <laughs> I limited foods, right? So when we limit foods, that's bad because when we reintroduce, we tend, we could develop like a sensitivity to those or an allergy or our body might not recognize them the same anymore, but there's also the flip side of that. So when we diet, we tend to like go on Pinterest, right. And like search all these safe recipes or like, what's a low FODMAP meal. And then you just rotate those like five recipes you found over and over. And you can actually build up a sensitivity to foods by doing like the same things literally over and over and over again. And I so ended up doing the, this like blood type eating style and experimenting, but I was finding it helped me and I did learn a ton, but there were still a couple of things I wasn't sure on. So I did food sensitivity testing first. I was against it, but then I looked at it like, I'm going to get more data on my body. And also I can choose whether or not I eat these things or not and experiment a little bit yes. more. Every time food sensitivity testing helped me a ton. It gave me a lot of clarity and actually it helped me feel a lot better. And I did realize that those foods were causing me to feel pretty bad, but anyways, I forgot where I was going with that point. It <laughs> <laughs> was a brilliant point. Cause it just, thank all- you keeps bringing it back around to just having like the information is awesome, right? Like having these little guides and, and plans. I think our brains really thrive off of those, but also having this awareness and knowledge that like, 
it's not always going to be this exact thing. Like there's always going to be a way that you can integrate all the knowledge that you have and make it right for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like health looks different on every single person and it's so multidimensional. So if you don't continue to experiment with those different things, you're never going to know what's going to make you feel your optimal best. Yeah. Actually, when you said experiment with different things, it reminded me, I was going to say variety because when I talk about those two, like playing it safe with all these safe meals and restricting all of these foods, we're, we're harming our body doing both. So opening myself up to like, okay, these foods make me feel bad. I know that now from the sensitivity testing, but now I'm going to expand my horizons and take a look at what other foods are out there that I haven't tried and have fun with food and start eating things that, you know, before maybe didn't feel safe to me, or I just never had because I, I never cared to try it, but now I'm wanting to. Mm-hmm. So that was a fun little exercise. I went to the grocery store and just like picked out all these things that I had never had before. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You can really make it like this fun process, right? It doesn't have to be any more like this rigid, rigid thing, right? Like I always pictured like whenever I went on a diet, it was always get rid of everything in the house. And then you have to follow this exact thing. And it was just, it just didn't even feel natural, right? Like with intuitive eating, I feel like you just, at least for me, what I've experienced through this process is it's so much more than food and you get to be like this full expression of yourself and you get to dive into what does pleasure feel like in my life in all forms of my life and satisfaction gets to be a part of that. It's actually the center of intuitive eating. Mm. And I love that you were talking about variety And in the sense of like tying it back to something you had said earlier about making sure that in your mind, you know, that all of these things are always available all the time and you have the choice to eat them or not, even knowing that some of these foods might make you feel bad, right? Like this is like the full process of making peace with food and like actually being able to allow permission with all food is that you do have permission to eat the foods that make you feel bad or not. And you have permission to overeat or not, right? Like there's all of these choices. And like the biggest piece of that is like to not associate you being a bad person with any of it. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, some people would ask you like, well, aren't you on a diet? If you're restricting those foods, like, no, 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 I'm not restricting them. I'm choosing not to eat them because they make me feel sick. And that's the difference with intuitive eating. Like you and I know it's eating to feel good. I think Julie said this the other day and I was like, yes, yes. She's like eating, intuitive eating is about eating to feel as good as possible, as often as possible. Yes. And so if you choose like on occasion, right? Like if I wanted that food that doesn't make me feel really good, I'm allowed to choose it if I want to. I know the repercussions of doing that. I'm not Mm -hmm. a bad person if I choose to have that food, but most of the time I choose not to because I don't want to feel sick. I want to feel good as often as I can. Yes. Yes. It's all about that like preference more so than restriction. Like if we're looking at it from the lens of restriction, we're just creating more problems, right? Because that thing we're restricting now becomes very prevalent in our mind and something that we want to access because it's almost like that like inner rebel part of us that's like, oh, I can't have it, I must have it now. Instead, it's more of this choice from empowerment that you get to choose whether or not to have it. Like I just, for example, like the other day, I had had like chips and queso and it gave me a lot of like, you know, like you get, you get a lot of like buildup of like phlegm and stuff. And that just happens when you like eat dairy. And now I'm going to like not choose to eat that again today because (laughs) like 
So I love queso, love queso, love me some good queso, but I'm not going to eat it all the time in large amounts because it just doesn't make me feel super great, but I do love to enjoy it sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And like you had said earlier, satisfaction is so huge because if you're not enjoying what you're eating, then you're going to want to just get more of of something else, right? You're going to search yes. for that satisfaction somewhere else. Cause you need to feel good. Like you need to be satisfied and like have fun. Right. Yes. So, yeah. It's just like breaking down and taking your power back. Like you said, and knowing like I'm allowed to have food that makes me, or that tastes good to me. And that makes me feel good. And you know, whatever I choose to eat is perfectly fine. Like there's no good and bad. And I don't associate like my worth with my food choices. Yes. Oh, that is like under underline circle. highlight. <laughs> yes. Exclamation <laughs> point times yes. 100. All of it. Yes. I mean, we could literally talk about this for hours, Morgan, but I want to just kind of give a little last piece of advice for especially those women listening who might have been going or are still going through something similar that you've experienced. What are maybe a couple of ending pieces of advice that you could give to them? And then of course, where they can come find you and learn more about how to work with you. Yeah, I guess my ending point would be just to kind of take a, an honest assessment of your, your life and notice where there might be opportunities for you to lean more into nourishment and trust for your body rather than restriction and control. Because so many times when we are struggling or we feel bad, our default setting is to go to that place of restriction and control and trying to manipulate our body or thinking we know best and like we can follow these plans to a T and be perfect, right? But we might benefit more and actually get to a solution faster by leaning into trust and nourishment and just really asking our body and befriending it, like I said, just saying like, hey, how can I help you today? And where is there a place that I could maybe use more of something, not less? Yes, I think that's so beautiful. So amazing. So where can people come hang out with you online? Where do you hang out? Oh, awesome. Come follow me on Instagram at Morgan Michelle Coaching. Michelle has one L. Um, my mom wanted to be unique. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I also am same thing on Facebook at Morgan Michelle Coaching. So pretty easy both ways. Perfect. Well, amazing. Definitely go follow her. She shares incredible information, lots of cool infographics that are definitely worth tapping that that save button so you can go back and look at them later. But thank you so much for bringing your story, your expertise, and just your energy to the call. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, Katie, for having me. It It was a fun time. Hopefully your listeners found it valuable. I know that they will. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. You are what makes this movement and message possible. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend, a coworker, a family member, or take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform and tag Mind and Body Strong. To learn more about coaching and courses to help you take your journey to the next level, visit mindandbodystrong.com.